pricing our services is something we often take for granted, especially when we're first getting started. I mean, I can remember literally just regurgitating numbers for what I thought uh, our prices should cost when I first was quoting agency clients. But I realized that pricing is a strategy and it's critical to the economics of your agency to get your pricing model right because it doesn't just impact your bank account. It really does impact your operations, which is exactly what I'm going to talk about in this video. I'm going to lay out seven different pricing strategies that you can use as an agency. You're free to choose the best one, but of course, I'm going to highlight and really sell you hard on the method that I believe is the best and then tying that into how you can push that into your operations and really improve the overall performance of your agency financially and operationally. The first of the seven is fixed fee pricing. Now, what is fixed fee pricing? That means charging a flat amount for a campaign. I generally look this at this as an ongoing scope. We're going to talk in point number two about project-based pricing. Fixed fee pricing to me uh, is more of what a lot of agencies start with just to quantify their services. Again, I remember when I first got started and I was just throwing out $300, $400, $500 a month as a fixed fee price, not tied to hours, not tied to deliverables, basically just saying that's what our services cost cost. So some examples of that would be basically saying $500 a month or $5,000 a month for SEO services or $300 for each piece of content published or $1,000 a month for ads management. How do you calculate fixed fee pricing? So I've seen a lot of young agencies do this just based on what they believe their service is worth, either market pricing or looking at competitors. Again, a lot of people get into SEO through like a Facebook group or a forum, and that becomes their, their community and their lens into the world. So they see what other people are pricing based off that, and they'll steal that strategy. Realistically, if you're going to charge fixed fee pricing, it needs to be based on hours or deliverables that make up that fixed fee price, right? So for example, using hours, if we were to say the number of hours required times your hourly rate times your desired margin, that's a very, very rough estimate. We'll talk more about that later. But roughly 10 hours times 100 hours times a 40% margin would give you $1,400 a month for a fixed fee monthly price. So what are some of the pros and cons? The pros are fixed fee pricing is really good for young and small agencies. Again, it's easy to justify to a prospect. Uh, it can be easy as you're small to understand the economics of that pricing on your agency and on your margins. Again, if you don't have any employees, 500 bucks a month seems pretty easy because you just stack that up because your expenses are very limited. So it becomes a lot easier to manage that internally when you're very small. It's also good for prospects with a fixed budget. A lot of times, especially smaller campaigns, you know, clients will come to you say, I only have 500 bucks a month to spend. So you just take that and that's literally what your fixed fee pricing is because that's what they tell you the budget is. Uh, some of the cons of this though is that um, estimates can become inaccurate very quickly and it leads to scope creep. What scope creep means is that if somebody's paying you 500 bucks uh, for your service, you should be delivering $500 worth of value for that service. We'll talk more about value in a minute. But if you're not tracking and managing what that 500, the value of that $500, whether it's hours, deliverables, even value-based pricing, then the client can come to you with unlimited requests. Uh, hey, Ryan, fix this on page. Hey, Ryan, you owe us a blog post. Whatever that may be, uh, this creep, the scope can get out of control very quickly and you become very unprofitable just from the amount of time that you put into it. So that has an operational impact as well. Some more cons are it's it's not a good fit to grow larger engagements and scale your agency, right? When it's just a fixed fee price and that's all that the client has to spend, uh, you can't upsell other services. Uh, you can't tack on additional hours or deliverables because it's a fixed fee price. Price That's just what it is. Uh, so it's really not good for scaling. It's good for small agencies just getting started. But if you want to take the next step, step and scale, fixed fee pricing is not for you. So the next one up is project-based pricing. Now, this is very similar to flat fee, but it focuses on short-term campaigns or deliverables. So a client would outsource a specific item that they need done to you. For example, $5,000 for a technical audit. Uh, $2,000 for a set of blog posts or $500 per page for web design, something like that. You can see the difference where fixed fee pricing would be a monthly fee. 
project-based pricing is just a one-off, basically campaign-based pricing. So how is it calculated? Just like fixed fee, just hours required times hourly rate. This is the way it should be calculated, theoretically, times your desired margin. That would give you your the, the price of what that campaign or project would be. So some of the pros for this is that at the agency now, we actually will do very few project-based pricing, but we'll do them if it's a big budget client, like if target.com to us, comes to us and says, hey, we really love your keyword matrix. Uh, can you run that for us? We're not going to say, no, you need to sign up for a long-term retainer. We're going to run that for them because we know if we get our foot in the door of them do good work, then that can lead to a much bigger piece of work. So you can essentially use project-based or campaign-based pricing to do something small, basically as like a tripwire product, to get them to spend some money, get them to trust you, and then open that up to uh, a larger retainer off the back of that. Uh, this also works really well for design and dev as opposed to SEO because or marketing because design and dev have a definite end, right? A project-based pricing is much easier to quote a two-month job for a website because that's how long it takes. And then after that, likely the work is done. So project-based pricing also works really well if you work fast. Like I, For example, if you can charge a thousand bucks for a logo and get that done in just an hour worth of your time because you're that talented and skilled, you can be highly profitable on that. So if you can deliver high quality results with these short-term campaigns in a very short period of time, you can be very profitable on that short campaign. But it's the exact opposite too, if you're working slow or if the client's constantly hitting you with requests, additional emails, uh, hey, change this color, change this font, we don't like this, do this again, it leads to scope creep. And scope creep is the silent killer of agencies, I'm telling you. And if you have no ways of managing that, because um, you're not tracking hours, you're not tracking deliverables, you're not pricing based on that, then you can get crushed. And you, you go from very highly profitable to, to losing money on a campaign plus all the headaches uh, very quickly. Uh, it can also be limiting to a relationship. So I mentioned that you can use this as essentially a tripwire product. But if you don't have somebody who's focused on inside sales or relationship building, you come in, you do a technical audit, you've got 50 other clients, and then Target walks out the door and they're gone. They're not coming back because you didn't manage that relationship. So if you're not paying attention if you're not if you don't have somebody dedicated to doing inside sales and upsells um, then you can lose that tripwire product slash relationship very quickly so the next one up is value-based pricing this is very popular um, with a lot of agencies i see a lot of people want to move to this model and i understand why because hypothetically and theoretically you can raise your prices very quickly and you can charge a lot more basically what this is when you price your service based on the value it delivers to the client as opposed to your time or deliverables or costs, margins, etc. So it can be viewed as the price the clients are willing to pay for your services based on the value brought. What this means to me is that you need something unique about your service that's going to sell that additional value to the client. So for example, if you have someone like Gary Vee or a huge uh, relevant influencer on staff, that adds a lot of value to it, right? If, if, if the people are going to be willing to pay a lot more for Gary Vee's time than um, you know, just kind of a standard consultant or analyst that's working at the agency. So there's a lot of extra value to having somebody like that on board. If you have proprietary software that you've built, if you have a proprietary deliverable that you've built, our agency has a keyword matrix that's proprietary. That adds a lot of value that we can charge more for doing a campaign-based pricing because people see the additional value in having us run that or coming to us to, to use our specific piece of software. There's value in that. So how is value-based pricing calculated? It's calculated based on the customer's perception of value and the value you determine that you can bring to a client campaign. And they need to align to strike a deal that's incredibly important because value is subjective. So how can you prove that value? One of the easiest ways to do that is basically just calculating the value of a visit and multiplying that based on the projected traffic or the projected impact that you'll have on their business. And then using conversion rate, lead value, and multiply based on that to project increased lead in sales, traffic, etc., whatever it is that you're trying to sell. 
That's one way. So what are the pros of value-based pricing? So it works really well if you have clout, demand, and the value can be derived or defined, right? So going back to the Gary B model, going back to the distilled ODN model, uh, and it can have huge margins. It really can't. Because basically, if you can sell someone on the additional value that you bring, you can price that however you want. There's no cap to that. Some of the cons, though, is that value is subjective and very difficult to define. And this is where most people get caught up in this. A lot of agencies that uh, are in the blueprint want to move to value-based pricing, but they don't have anything of proprietary value to sell. So it's very difficult to move to that model. And a con of this is it can slow down the process, right? So if you're going through the proposal process uh, and you're pitching someone and they're going back and forth on what the perceived value is, you can even just turn people off by coming off as a little bit too arrogant based on what you believe your value to be perceived if you can't get, if you can't sell them on that idea of value. And it still doesn't reduce scope creep. That's again, the silent killer with agencies here is the scope creep of, of clients requesting too much that's outside of the scope of what you're doing. And value-based pricing, again, doesn't still tie to that, something that will tie that down to stop that from happening. Uh, and you definitely need to have a proprietary advantage over competitors in order to make this work. So that was value-based pricing. Now let's talk about performance-based pricing. This is when your agency is compensated based on the output of your work. So for example, if you're uh, working with uh, an attorney and running their pay-per-click ads every time that you drive a phone call, you get paid, right? You're basically a lead generation agency, um, but you're getting paid based on the performance as an agency. So an example could be uh, you get $500 every time a phone call is driven, uh, 15% of a sale as, as made as a result of your services. Maybe you take an equity stake in the business based on milestones hit, uh, or you get free until you rank for boner pills keyword. That's one of my favorite examples. So basically you wouldn't charge a client until that you rank them for a given keyword. That would be the performance metric that you'd be judged on. So how is it calculated? Uh, you need to make sure you're tracking the right things in analytics or CRM closely because you're going to be compensated based on this. So that's really, really genuinely important that you uh, make sure that you're tracking the right KPIs and metrics so you can price and charge accordingly. So what you all you got to do is basically set a fixed price ahead of time per lead, per visitor sale, uh, and then charge as they're accrued in real time. So some of the pros here is that clients are always happy to pay per result. Uh, you know, if you go to someone and you say, hey, you're not going to pay until you get results, then of course, it's kind of a no-brainer. So it makes it easier to close leads for sure. It can be highly profitable if you dial in the arbitrage, right? So for example, if you're a beast at pay-per-click ads and you know for a fact that you can drive attorney leads for $50 cost to you and you can charge them for 500 bucks off that, you're making 450 bucks off that and it scales very, very, very well. So the biggest downsides to this there though is that there's a lot of work that goes into driving these results, sometimes months, especially when it comes to SEO until you're gonna see results. And these results are never guaranteed. You just don't know for a fact if you're gonna rank someone, if you're gonna drive those leads. So you're spending a lot of your own capital internally to get these things up and running and there's no guarantee that you're gonna get them. And to me, the client has all the advantage here. Again, you're basically working for free until you hit some sort of result. They hold all the cards, they hold all the power. It's not the type of relationship dynamics that I like to have when managing my relationships with clients. So the next one is retainer-based pricing. So retainer-based pricing is when a client agrees to a pre-negotiated or prepaid fee that's either for a set amount of time or a set amount of deliverables. So for example, $5,000 a month for 50 hours of SEO work, $5,000 a month for four posts a day on each social media platform, create 20 images, respond to 100 comments, etc. So how is it calculated? So basically what you need to do is forecast the number of hours it will take to work across the entire agreement and then build that into detailed hourly forecasts during the proposal phase uh, and then sum or amortize these into monthly retainers. So what you've got here is just a very basic chart that just shows you the number of projected hours for SEO, for content, could be links, advertising, whatever it is, based on month. Uh, you just sum up the number of hours that it takes, you multiply that by an hourly rate, and you can amortize that into a flat fee retainer or not, and you can keep it as billing uh, you know, a retained amount per month based off that. So 
Retainers, uh, this is important for me to cover. Retainers are something that gets thrown around a lot. Technically, that's not a retainer based on what an attorney would call a retainer. A retainer for an attorney is basically you're paying them a set amount to retain them for the right to use those hours. You're going to pay them no matter what, whether, whether they bill them or not. That's very hard to do in the SEO and, and marketing world. People want to pay for the hours that you give them. So we call that a retainer. But technically speaking, some nerds on the internet might tear you apart for calling it a retainer, which I'm sure I'll get in the comments here. But the pros of retainer-based pricing is that clients like retainers because it helps in the budget. Uh, there's no variable cost. They know what they're getting when they enter into an agreement. It's easy to track and manage. Uh, assuming that you're tracking hours internally, of course, if you're not, then it can become difficult. Uh, it's easy to pitch and justify to a prospect. It's paid up front, which is always great. And it's easy to scale. But again, a huge con here is that mismanaged hours will cause huge issues with profitability and scope creep. So if you don't have a system to manage and track hours or deliverables internally, a good PM system, uh, really a good operation system as well, uh, you can get hit with that scope creep again because whenever you're charging a flat amount for something, you run at risk of going over that amount uh, and then pulling into your pool of hours to get stuff done, which reduces your profitability. So the next one here, this is points-based pricing. This was brought to my attention. I've actually never tried this, uh, but basically you build a point scale based on the total value creation uh, or hourly estimate. So basically what this is is that each project within the campaign is assigned a fixed point total based on the value creation rather than hourly estimate. So point allocations are just defined at the beginning of every month uh, and then just based on the agreed upon scope. So over here on the right, you can see a chart here of, of what a point system might look like with the frequency versus what project that's in within the scope of the work, email, website, SEO, etc. So an example would be 20 points of work each month, three points for a blog post at four a month, four points for an email blast. So basically it allows clients to kind of pick like a menu for the points that they want to use towards their campaign. So it's calculated based on the allocations defined at the beginning of every month, which is based on the agreed upon scope of the contract. So points are roughly based on hours to complete work times desire margin. So you need to create an entire scale of this in order to pitch this to clients properly. So again, looking at something like social media, it's got to be roughly based on the hours or the value that you would provide for that point scale. Otherwise, it can get kind of obscure uh, and get a little bit confusing for clients who are trying to understand this. So some of the pros of this is that it's easy for clients to pick the work that they want, right? If you go to a client and you basically say, here's, it's like building a software point system, right? Um, but every time you run the software, uh, it just deducts points. It's like coins, right? So basically they're paying for those points and then they can pick and choose and allocate those points how they want. It's a little bit easier than using hours because basically they prepaid for those points and they can, again, then allocate them how they want as opposed to hours. So you're easily able to meet expectations with the client. But to me, there's a lot of cons in this system uh, that heavily outweigh the pros because regardless of how much time is invested to complete each project, the points total remains the same, which means you can get hit with bad scope creep. Uh, and this becomes also a lot of work to manage ongoing points. You have to create a whole nother system uh, to manage these points. And anytime that you have to go through and explain something uh, over and over again to a client, it becomes convoluted, confusing. It not only sells on your sales process, but your backend support process as well. Your PMs and AMs constantly fielding questions from clients. Again, when we talk about scope creep, it doesn't necessarily just mean that people want additional keyword research. It also means that they're berating you with emails. They're bogging down your people. Uh, they're causing a negative impact on their mental well-being because they're such a pain in the ass. Uh, it just creates a lot more work to become an on-demand vendor. You're, you're almost an outsourced solution as opposed to a partner, right? When we build relationships with clients, we don't want to just be kicked work here and there. We want to be strategic partners that are dictating and telling clients the right things to do for their marketing, not just here, do this, here, write a blog post, here, do an email blast. No, 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 no. That is never going to get you to the level that you want to be as an agency. And it's just not a good way to effectively manage a relationship with clients. So the final one here is hourly pricing. Now, 
very straightforward. It's basically just the client pays yours for your staff's time by hours. Uh, generally, hours are sold with minimums or in monthly retainers. Uh, so example would be like 10 pages of on-page work month one, 10 pages of keyword research in month two. Um, and then very simply, you just assign a billable rate or an hourly rate to each employees, which we'll talk about in just one minute. So over here on the right here, these are some of the calculations that go into creating an hourly rate. Again, we're going to talk about this in detail uh, in the coming slides about how to calculate an hourly and billable rate. So going through the seven of them, I've experienced them all except for the points-based pricing. Uh, in some form of hourly pricing is the best option. Now, I'm going to go through and justify this and really sell you on why. And of course, there's always nuances. This is a general statement. I'm not saying that some form of hourly pricing is the best for every agency. I'm saying as a blanket statement, if you're not tracking hours internally and charging for them externally, you can cause a lot of problems, generally speaking, uh, with not only your finances, but with the operations of your agency. So let me tell you why, because you don't trade time for money, right? You got into this agency thing to be an entrepreneur, uh, and it's not cool to trade time for money. That's what poverty pricing is, et cetera, et cetera. But let me sell you on the hourly model. So number one, billing and tracking hours is industry standard because it works. I mean, let's be real here. We are building an agency. We're not building the next Facebook here. We're not building disruptive companies. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. The advertising agency model has been around for decades and it has proven to be highly profitable, uh, highly lucrative, and just an effective business model. And it runs on hourly pricing. I have been in pretty much every type of agency that you can think of from the biggest in the world to the smallest uh, one-person agencies and billing and tracking hours just works. And especially, I've been talking a lot about operations, not just finances here, because it's the easiest way to manage your resources. When you run on hours, you can track your internal profitability uh, and utilization rate, which is such a key metric that no agency is talking about enough it clearly feeds back into your project planning and sales, which again, I'm going to show you this. So it lets you get paid for everything too. So I've said the word scope creep probably like 10 times in this presentation already. And how many times has a client requested extra work? Assuming that it's included. Hey, do this. Hey, you missed that. Hey, can you do this too? Like, no, you can't, buddy. It's not included. You got to pay us for it. And if you're not charging uh, and tracking hours, then you're never going to get paid for it. It's really hard to go back and rescope uh, an entire new project or an entire new campaign uh, based on a small request. But if you just say, yeah, no problem. That'll be an extra 1.5 hours. That'll be an extra five hours. We'll tack it onto your invoice. Boom, not a problem. It's already done. This is also huge for me too, because hours are the most justifiable. So when you're pitching, a prospect can clearly see what they're paying for. When you go down the route of value-based or performance-based or points-based, it gets very convoluted. These are subjective things. Hours are black and white. They're set in stone. Uh, value and performance work much better for advertising agencies as opposed to SEO and content agencies where you can control the results. With SEO, you just don't know. You could be spending a lot of time doing stuff that never comes to fruition and you just wasted $40,000 of internal resources and time trying to get something done that never came out chasing a bigger payday. And again, as I mentioned, it's an easy upsell and it's quantifiable and the client understands it too. One of the most common questions we all get asked as SEOs is how fast can we get results or can we get results faster? And you can easily answer this by saying, I can do 12 hours a month or I can do 20 or more. Uh, and of course, because the more time you put in, the more work you get done, the faster you'll see the results. So this is how you can take a $2,500 a month client and turn them into $4,000 a month by just adding more hours to the contract, right? So as opposed to having to perceive some value uh, or sell them more results that might not come, you just say, if you want faster results, we got to work more. That's what it is. So we're going to put in 10 more hours. 
and you've easily just justified why you need a bigger retainer to get the work done that they want. So to me, this is why your agency needs to adopt some form of an hourly model. It doesn't necessarily have to be that you're going to charge directly for hours. Our agency actually what we'll do is we'll quote based on hours. So we'll project the number of hours we need each month, month, and then we'll turn that into a retainer, but also to better track and manage our staff. Because as you grow, it's not just you. You've got to hire people. This is a people-based business and will be for the foreseeable future. So you have to be able to manage time profitably. And without understanding how much time somebody's spending on each thing that you're doing and you're selling, you don't know what your cost of goods sold is. If, if you have a product, if you're an e-commerce business, figuring that out is easy. It's just the cost to make your product. But with a service, you need to understand the cost to deliver your service. And that really means the, the cost and the time of your human capital. That's our product, right? So without understanding ours, it's really difficult to try and allocate that cost to a resource to understand when you need to hire, if you're profitable, and then managing and scaling that and then pushing that into your sales and biz dev. So to me, this is why we need an hourly model. We need to understand how much each staff member can handle in terms of workload and then understand who we need to hire when and why and what we can pay them. And again, understanding all these things while still maintaining the highest quality of our service, while still delivering a quality service to our clients, selling in new contracts. So this graphic, what it does is it helps us to start breaking down at a very simple and rudimentary level, the cost of each of your employees to your business. So for example, uh, what I've done here is broken it down by bucket and then broken it down by job title and what a potential monthly cost might be. Because I like to look at these things on a monthly basis because basically if you're billing monthly, we want to look at our expenses monthly as well and our cost of our service on a monthly basis as well just to map it as opposed to doing it over a year-long process. Of course, these things project forward, but for the purpose of this exercise, I'm looking at it monthly. And these are just basic pay bands per month. Uh, they could be whatever they are. You would obviously want to put in your agency's own data here and probably potentially adjusting the job titles as well. But you understand what it is, right? And then that translates to an hourly. What is this employee costing us every hour? And then from there, you can easily see how you can map, how you can map cost to revenue. What is this employee costing us per hour? And what is their billable rate? And then ultimately, how many hours are they billing per day? And how much money are we making in that white space? So there's, so with this data, with hours data, you can make educated business decisions about your agency because it's cut and dry data. All of the gray areas removed and you're looking at simply a mathematical justification for who to hire, what your profitability is, etc. So metric number one that I like to look at is revenue per seat. How much person is, how much revenue is each person generating for the business? If we have a SEO strategist, how much revenue is that seat worth to the company? So we can start to basically take our employees and turn them into little profit centers and revenue generating centers. We're looking at them as the ability to go out and generate revenue for the company. That is our product. That is what we're selling. We're selling their time and their hours. Off the back of that, this is probably the most important metric as an agency you can look at when it comes to operations and management is utilization rate. So utilization rate is simply hours billed divided by the hours available per person. So utilization rate is the key metric that ties together our costs and our revenue. Do we need to hire another position? Do we need to go out and sell more work? Understanding what the utilization rate is at each employee level helps you understand so many things when it comes to managing your business, both financially and operationally. And of course, this then pushes into the pipeline needs. So how much business do we need to bring in to support our staff at the current burn rates? So we can basically look at each employee 
on a chart, on a graph to understand how much they're billing, how much they're generating for the company, what our profitability is on our cost of goods sold, how much business we need to sell in, if we need to hire more, if someone's overutilized, if someone's underutilized, maybe the pipeline is dry. It's a very simple metric that we can look at to keep a pulse on the entire agency. So in order for this to work, we have to build an hourly or billable rate. So how do we do this? You need all of your expenses, your rent, your software costs, everything that's an expense of the agency. We need to, we need that data. Then we need to account for the total billable hours, take into account sick days, vacation days, holidays, weekends, and then of course the daily working hours. Because even though someone might be working there for eight hours a day, not every hour they're working is billable to a client, right? Maybe they're out to lunch. Uh, maybe they're having an internal staff meeting that's not billable to a client or attributed to a client. So what we like to use at the agency is six hours a day. We said that each employee should be billing six hours a day to a client campaign. We don't make that their responsibility. We're not saying you need to bill six hours. We're saying as management, that's the metric we're going to use to understand what our profit centers are at the staff level. Then we want to factor in our taxes. And then, of course, we also want to factor in our desired margin. If you haven't read the book Profit First, I highly recommend it. But basically what I have over here is a chart that has our desired margin. I like to use 40% tax rate around 30%, adding in benefits as a part of the expenses at the employee level. Yearly workdays is 261. All these other things, which I'm going to cover in, uh, in just one minute here as I go through with the actual calculations. And it's important for me to note here, before I might lose you going through this calculation, we built a tool that will do this for you. <laughs> of course we did, right? Uh, so all you got to do is follow the link to get this tool to enter in all this stuff. And uh, we have a whole little video series that will show you how to run the tool as well. It's pretty cool stuff. So now I want to go through and actually show you how to build the billable rate. Now I have this done uh, for freelancers. So if you're a freelancer just getting started, this is how you calculate your hourly rate. You want to take this and apply this to that person as well. Uh, but things will shift a little bit at your, as you're doing this at the agency level. For example, uh, the overhead expenses, we're saying if this is just you, let's say it's 20,000, you've got like rent, you've got some software, um, you know, internet bills, all that stuff goes into the overhead, your salary, desired salary, whatever it may be is a hundred thousand dollars a year, factoring in the benefits and the insurance is another 12,000. So we'll call it the total annual expenses for that seat is $132,000. Now, again, if we're doing this at the agency level, we want to amortize these expenses out and look at them at the business level, which again, we have a tool that built all this for you. So I want to go through this at the freelancer level so you understand how it's done at the micro level. So step two is we want to calculate the cost of business. So as I just said, you want to calculate in the profit margin that you want to see out of your agency. So I like to use 30% or 40%. So you're just going to take that $132,000, which is the cost of that staff to the business times 1.3, which will give us $171,600. So that's the total cost of the business. That's the total cost, including the profit margin to the business of that seat. So now we need to factor in the hours worked. Again, uh, you want to factor in holidays, vacation days, sick days, business travel days. Roughly speaking, depending on your work calendar, that comes to about 37 days a year or 296 hours. So obviously we can't bill for hours not worked on client engagement. So as I mentioned before, we like to use six hours a day, which comes to 30 hours a week. So if we say 30, so if we say 30 hours a week times 52 weeks, that comes to 1560 hours. 1560 is the total number of billable hours in the year. But then again, we want to take out that 296 that we just came up with for off time. So that gives us 1264. That's the total number of billable hours per year. The cost of business is $171,600 divided by the billable hours, which is 1264 hours. And that gives us an hourly rate of 135.75 cents. And of course, you can adjust for experience. You can play with your margins. If your expenses are more, this is going to go up. But basically, all I want to show you here is how to come up with what your hourly rate should be at a bare minimum to start charging for the hour to clients. This is how you can go up with that. And again, as I said, 
David and I built this awesome template. All you got to do is enter in your information and it will spit out all this stuff. It will also spit out utilization rate. Uh, it will spit out a ton of really cool metrics. It's on our website. You just got to go there and pick it up there. So just to wrap this up, it's actually really important that we talk about time tracking and time management because it's not enough to just charge for hours. We also have to track them internally at an agency so we can connect the dots. So use a solution that works for you. There's a ton of different solutions out there. You could just use a spreadsheet if you wanted to. Just make sure that your employees are going to be recording their hours in a spreadsheet. You're summing them up and you're understanding their billable hours to a client. There's also software at From the Future Agency. We use a software called Clockify. It's really awesome. I highly recommend it. And then what you want to do is you want to take these hours and rebuild them into your project plan. So you want to use the actual hours build to clients to feed your project plans. And you can do this to understand the exact amount of hours that it will take to, to complete each task. And once you understand that, this feeds into utilization rate for easy tracking. And then also, of course, this pushes into your sales and pro your sales proposals to understand how much you should be pitching for your services. So when you're sending a proposal with the hours data in hand for the actual amount for the actuals that it takes to do the work, you can much easier build proposals by just estimating the hours to complete specific line items because you've got this already done. You don't have to bill hourly, as I said. I mean, you can still use retainers, flat fee, or project-based agreements, but they should all be built off hourly rates. Again, you don't have to move to an hourly charging system, but you should be using hours to manage your, your agency. Basically, hours are the glue that ties all this stuff together. And you don't have to send hours to clients. We rarely do. We probably only send uh, actual hours work to like 2 to 4% of their clients if they request them. Uh, and basically what I'll do to fend that off is if they request hours, I'll say something along the lines of, we actually went over the amount of hours this month. We have it all tracked in our time tracking system. If we send them to you, then we're going to start having to charge you extra. Um, you know, is that something, is that a route you really want to go down? And they're always going to say no. So that's what it is. If you have any questions, we have a private Slack channel for the blueprint. Definitely come in and check it out. Also, if you're interested in improving the quality of your staff, your resourcing, and if you want this projection template that will basically do all this work for you, it'll spit out an hourly rate, it'll tell you utilization rate, and it will build you a project plan based on exactly what it is that you're doing and feed that into your sales process. We have this all built at the blueprint. It's on our website. The link is in the video. All you got to do is go check it out, sign up. You'll get access to Slack. You'll get access to the video trainings. You'll get access to the tools. You'll get access to a ton of stuff. It's all on our website. So check it out. Hopefully I'll see you there and I'll see you guys in the next video.